Hi, this is Aaron Douglas. I'm Chief Tyrrell in Battlestar Galactica, and you are listening to Galactica Quorum online. Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Someone asked the cast what they'd like their character to do. Hayden, the cheerleader, said she'd like to kill someone instead of being killed all the time. I'm convinced her character likes the pain. It's yet another female character that they're just not giving any sort of personal empowerment to. She's another victim. Oh, he has to eat your brain See, to I, get it. They make it sound like he's eating their brains. I've always thought that because he was a watchmaker, his power was, I can see what makes things tick. We must do something with them. One main whole plot line this year is basically driven by the fact that Hero was an idiot. Did she need to be a urinal? Um, really? Hello, and welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. A fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica. My name is Brian, and joining me today is... Michelle. Jason. We have a website. It's galacticacorum.com. And our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail with a question or comment at 206-350-6756. You can also find us on Facebook, and we have a Twitter address. That is Galactica Quorum as one word. We just want to plug our last episode one more time. That is our interview with Tom O'Panikit where we talked to him at Dragon Con, so be sure to check that out if you're new to the podcast, along with some of their other interviews that we did. Upcoming, we have a few things in the works. We have some video podcasts from Dragon Con, which I'm working on. And I'm in the bikini. (laughs) There's lots of people in various stages of dress and undress. Kind of like our podcast. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there were some people there that were basically naked. (laughs) Yes, there was one woman who was wearing only basically body paint. (laughs) Yes. So <laughs> is it. Uh, she looked good. Is that so is wrong? It? All the more reason to join us next year at Dragon Con. I've booked my hotel. I'm working on booking mine today. And we really would like to have more people uh, show up. I know that one of our listeners, Justin, is starting a fund, a specific fund to go to Dragon Con. That's a good way to, to do it. Just put a little bit away every month, and by next August, you'll have all the necessary monies to. It's like saving for college, but sadder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing, though. I'm trying to save up. Also upcoming, we're hoping to do another Town Hall podcast sometime pretty soon. That was a lot of fun last time, so we want to do that again. We have one more interview that we did at Dragon Con, which I hope to have in one of our next podcasts. Keeping it a secret, but it's a big one. And we also have lots of audio from the panels that they did at Dragon Con. I'll be including those spread out over several podcasts. Now, we still don't know when Sci-Fi is going to bring back Season 5 of Battlestar. We had heard at Dragon Con, Aaron Douglas said he heard it could be April. Well, Sci-Fi has disputed that, saying that they are on target for... Stay on target. Stay on target (laughs) for January. But there's no real confirmation of that yet, but they are disputing that it's April. It's a big difference because if they start in January, they will be done by April, I think. If there's 10 episodes to go... You spread that over two and a half months by mid-March or so, or beginning of April, they would probably be done. So I still think they can't wait too long because there's more, you know, of that sci-fi weird stuff hitting regular TV. 
and BSG will get lost. I mean, I know they're just counting on like the core audience coming back to finish the last ten episodes, but you can still yeah, but wear the, those people down if you wait too long. The sci-fi stuff that's hitting regular TV is not that good. I know. It's and, I, really I thought, and I thought about that. This is a classic. There was a show that worked and built a core audience on a small network. So every major network had to go out and try to do a ripoff or some kind of derivative, and that's exactly what they are. They're just derivative. Mm-hmm. Another thing they have to square up is when the webisodes are going to start. They said are they that they're doing those again. They said that they're going to be doing them again. Um, are they t- going to get paid for them this time? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. There was an article on a TV blog that said they were supposed to start in October, which really is just around the corner. And we've heard nothing about it. So I would hope that they would be promoting them to some degree, but we haven't heard anything yet. So obviously, once those start, we'll be talking about those in great detail. But we haven't heard anything yet. So if they are shooting for January, they need to have the webisodes come out in October or November, at the, probably the latest, for them to ramp up to hit the premiere of season five, since that's what we're calling it here. Just want to promote a auction of Battlestar Galactica props. They struck the set of the CIC, and they're auctioning off parts and props. You can take a look at that by going to battlestarprops.com. They actually have some pictures of the set being struck, and it's kind of sad, actually, seeing uh, the old CIC being dismantled forever. But it does make me wonder, since they are shooting, or in the process, or maybe they just wrapped shooting the DVD movie, if they didn't need the set, and they dismantled it probably a month ago, I think, based on when that website went up and the pictures were posted, what is the framework of the DVD movie if they did not need the CIC? Is it going to be mostly on New Caprica? Uh, is it in some other didn't venue? They, didn't they finish filming like a year ago? They finished filming the end of the series in June, but they're filming the DVD movie, which is, again, a sort of a flashback to the time right before and at the beginning of New Caprica. Well, that's fine, because you could film every scene on the CIC. You could plan the shooting schedule around. We've got another month to use this set, so we're doing all these scenes right now. I'm just saying that by the time frame of when these shots were posted, there was not a lot of room between when they were supposed to have started shooting and when they dismantled it. So, I mean, within like a couple days. I I don't know if they really could have gotten everything out in a couple days if they had a lot to shoot in CIC. Maybe it's entirely in a different uh, location, ship or something. I don't know. And we have a plug for the Prometheus Radio Theater. They do... Radio-style dramas as podcasts. Check them out. They have a new one coming up called The Arbiter Chronicles, and here's their promo. Coming soon from Prometheus Radio Theater. on our doorstep. Emergency situation. Hostile ship is destroyed. This is Terrence Metcalf, commanding CMV Titan. The compressed wreckage of the ship will enter Quintel's atmosphere and rain death on 10 billion people. I will die for this, Metcalf. Will you die to stop me? Save the damn galaxy yourself. It's what you've been dying to do, so die doing it. There was a detonation off starboard at the docking ring. It was Shuttle Alpha. It was Airla, Terry. Command deck to all hands. Abandon ship. (laughs) 
Prometheus Radio Theater presents a six-episode Arbiter Chronicles event. Contents under pressure. What are you going to do? I'm going to ram the Titan right down their throats. Premieres September 26, 2008. www.prometheusradiotheater.com And once again, if you have something to promote, a website, podcast, what have you, just drop us a line. We'll be happy to give you a plug. That's pretty much all the Battlestar Galactica content we have for this show because we're actually going to talk a little bit about the fall TV shows that are coming around. They've started to premiere some of the new shows, some of the returning shows. Let's go ahead and talk about Heroes first because that one is... Brand spanking new. Uh, brand spanking new. And I guess it's of the sci-fi shows. I guess you could call it one of the biggest ones. Did you see how big it is across the world? Did you watch that preview thing? Yeah, it's not one of. I don't know another current sci-fi show that could be considered bigger at this point. I agree. So they had their premiere this week. It was a two-hour, two episodes back-to-back, basically. Uh, They had promised us that they would learn from the lessons of last season, that they would not have something long and drawn out. They wouldn't have some dumb love story with Hero, and they would learn the lessons. So do you feel that they did? Well, considering Mohinder no. got his bit over with pretty quickly. I don't think they did. You don't? Well, I mean, they can say they learned a lesson, but I think they certainly ignored the fan feelings of Maya. Well, how, why do you say that? I don't know of anyone that demanded she come back and get screen time. Well, I think they needed to just bring her back. Well, in that case, I'd rather see Caitlin back and explain what the hell happened to Caitlin. Which one's Caitlin? The Irish chick that got left in the, the alternate future. Oh, yeah. By Peter. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't have to bring Maya back because it's, they they obviously totally blew off Nikki's kid and yeah. the girl who... The girl from New Orleans. New Orleans chick. I mean, they who knows what happened to her? Not that I'm complaining because I really don't care. But they easily could have just swept her under the rug. And, and I'm not saying they blew any of them off. I'm just saying it's an example of they've got to stop introducing new characters if they're not going to kill off old characters. It's just become too unwieldy. Well, that was one disappointment I had. I actually kind of liked the first two. That Compared to last season, I, I thought they did okay. They rushed into this new storyline, which frankly is a little bit nebulous to me about yet another way the world is going to end up being destroyed. <laughs> Wait, you mean that scene where they took the destruction of New York and replaced it with the destruction Tokyo. of Tokyo? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the one thing was, one of the things that disappointed me was Nikki being back and I guess there's some mystery about what, I hate Nikki. why is she back. But for those of us who never liked her to begin with, it's like, forget that she has some new power, which, again... I just look at it. I would love for someone to explain exactly what it takes to kill off a character. Because there are certain characters that die and they're done, and there are other characters that die and come back and come back. Apparently come you have back. to, with the exception of Claire now, I guess the, the only way they can really die is if Siler lops off the top of their heads, because that yeah. seems to be the only way that right. people die. When Linderman came back, I was just like, what is that? But no one can see him. But no one can see him, so maybe it's But some, he still has a power. But yeah, so it's some weird kind of thing. Makes him kind of godlike. When Nathan came back, we talked about it before, did he have like some remnant of the blood from, what was it, Claire or his yeah. brother in his bloodstream that would never die, so that it would help him heal up, and that's what I thought it was. But then, if Linderman came back, then that's how they explain that. But... Linderman, that death wasn't a Siler death, but it was pretty close. And when you pull out some, the back of someone's cranium, that's it's pretty much... Yeah, I mean, Nikki's, Nikki's husband wasn't a Siler death. 
but he hasn't come back. I don't, I don't know get, why they it, keep thinking that Nikki is an important character. No. I don't understand that. I, really I think because they need a hotness factor. There's Claire, but it's sort of like... She's too young. She's too young. <laughs> Excuse me. Kristen Bell is actually like 26, 27 years old. Okay, and Kristen actually, Bell is actually like my... And, and puts Allie Larder to shame. Kristen Bell, I, I like her. her character more than the Claire character. I think the Allie Larder issue is that when they started the show, she was actually the name actress, you know, based on her teen movie hits. Her character sucks. Yeah, it, it's, just, it's not working for me. And I mean, okay, great. She's got this new power. It's kind of a cool power, but I'm tired of her having all these different personalities. It's really annoying. I would have rather they investigate the Jessica thing more. Like, we had a lot of theories and emails from people about what right. her thing was. They could have gone down a road with that. Made it kind of spooky, you know? Like, there's this kind of phantasmic connection with the dead sister that would have been cool. But instead, it's like... Where does this power come from? My general feeling was, okay, now her name is something else. She has a new power. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, I agree. You've never explained what happened previously. I'm not tuning in next Monday to find out what happens to her. Yeah. They could get rid of that storyline. They could get rid of Maya. And for God's sake, they could start letting Hiro and Ando talk in English. (laughs) What? I like it when they talk in Japanese. You know what? It's hard to watch the show and take care of a small child because... (laughs) True, but I if like it. If you've got to turn around and read subtitles. I like it. I know, I'm whiny. You no, are. I think it's cool. I do, I do like it when they're talking Japanese. No, it is cool. But is uh, cool. the one thing it is hard to do, and I make myself pay attention, is I want to see their performance as well as read the text. So I'm, I find myself reading it really fast so I can see their actual acting performance. Right. And when it's like a long scene of a few minutes, it's like, oh, this is tarring for a viewer to actually do that. <laughs> There's too many Peters running around. Yeah, I got really confused and for Peter's, a while. And now that you've got three invincible characters, it just makes everyone else seem kind of pointless. Yeah, but Claire can't do anything, though. I know. She's kind of weak. Right. I mean, Well, I did like that. I did like that. There's a few things that I appreciated. Number one, I like the fact that they acknowledged for once that Claire said, you know, all the time, I'm just the victim. You know, we said that, that how many nice. times. That I'm, nice. I'm saying, thank you for finally acknowledging it. It's about time. The other thing... I liked was they settled what Siler actually does with the brains. No, but they didn't. Uh, yes, they did. I mean, there's been conjecture about him eating them and whatnot, and they actually kind of made it into a little joke. He's like, oh, I wouldn't do such a thing. Yeah, it's but what does he do? He probes them. Like, his power has always been to fix things and to know how things work. So he probes the brain. And then can alter his brain. And then he can alter his own to mimic that. Now, but here's the problem I'm starting to have. Last season, they brought up something where Suresh was talking about a virus that all these people had, and it affected them, and he came up with some serum that prevented a virus or did the virus. I I still don't know what that was about. Then, in this one, they talked about, oh, no, it's nothing to do with that. It has to do with adrenaline, the adrenal glands, and it's all tied to that. Okay, so it's not the blood. It's something in the adrenal gland. But then, Siler goes and probes people's brains so it's the brain that actually is controlling it. It's like too much medical, scientific hodgepodge of stuff going on right now. Yeah, I, it's I like I don't think they even know anymore what. Just write it off as midichlorians and move on. Right. <laughs> and speaking of Suresh, the other character I really don't like. It's he's such a tool. I don't write the recaps for the heroes episodes, but if I did, I would have put in a really snarky comment about him having to decide to go to a dock to inject himself. Like he couldn't do it in a lab. It's like hmm. 
uh, I'll just go out to this place at night on the end of a pier. But he was going to throw it away. Just, no, he wasn't. I mean, if you want to do that, you could do that any place. It wouldn't have to be. Right. It was just so transparent. It's like, let me go out in the dock so I can be mugged and use my power. Or And that goes back to the basics of shows don't work unless you've got stupid people. Right. Like, one main whole plot line this year is basically driven by the fact that Hero is an idiot. <laughs> don't open the safe. I'm sorry, did I say don't open the safe? <laughs> I I guess the debate could be, did his father leave the DVD to tell him not to do it or to make him do it with reverse psychology? Obviously, if he didn't want to open it, he should have never even left him a DVD. It should have been like a Twinkie. Yeah. I told you not to open this. And speaking of the dumb characters, Suresh, it's so cliche. He's like looking in the mirror and he's like, what's happening to me? Well, what do you think's happening to you, you dumb shit? Yeah. It's like you interjected yourself without any kind of precautionary measures. And uh, gee, what did you think was going to happen? And now you're growing scales, and it's disgusting. Right. As we get into the homage to all sci-fi shows of the past that Heroes is becoming, <laughs> couldn't we just have Jeff Goldblum play the role Seriously. at this point? Well, it was very fly. I mean, right. it, he makes love to Maya. Afterwards, he's looking in the mirror and, you know, he's wondering what's happening to his humanity. It, it was very much the fly. Right. And then, moving on. And speaking of, which is really quick, uh, yeah. other sci-fi shows... I like that they had the guy from Tron and the Greatest American Hero as guest stars in the episode. I did like the Greatest American Hero. I thought that was great. Oh my god, did I miss that? He was was a reporter. Oh, yeah. Which is funny, because a Seinfeld repeat I saw last night was the one where George has the answer machine, believe it or not, George isn't at home. I'm just like, oh, it's so great. I think they're making a movie, too. But no, if you're talking about homage, everyone who watched it knows you really can't get away from it. But I'm begging the writing staff to put the X-Men comic books away because the fact that one of the evil guys that escape can manipulate magnetism, it's just... Is it Marvel? And they make him German. I mean, I think... Yeah, it's Marvel, isn't it? Yeah. This either has to be cleared with Marvel or there's a cease and desist coming anytime. (laughs) I don't think that would. It depends. I mean, in a way, it's obviously a a ripoff, but it depends how far they go with it. And on the one hand, I do like that they have like this collection of quote, evil guys that are kind of forming up a group. It's kind of a little bit too much brotherhood of evil mutants. If they, if they could just have this big, like, ship that, like, sinks <laughs> into the swamp and then comes back up when they want to go perform their evil plans. And you also get the time travel thing. Based on Peter's power, is current Peter now imbued with, like, the fire thing and the magnetism thing and the other stuff? Maybe he's not, though, because he's in that other guy's body. Could be. But well, how did Peter he, pull that off? Yeah, just God, future yeah. Peter. How did he do that? Yeah, how did he pull that off? I guess he does. He meet somebody in the future who had that power to put you in someone right. else's is, body. Is, is there a point where current Peter has powers that future Peter doesn't have? <laughs> even though future Peter is like current so, Peter older. Well, the timelines don't match timeline, up anymore. Right. I mean, at least they admitted with the whole string thing that you know it's not one linear thing. It's all this, but well, that's one thing Mama Petrelli said to him is like you came back and you screwed it up. He did, but he. He didn't really screw up his time. I mean, the time he lived in happened. The stuff that happened in his time occurred because his brother announced them as being in the world. So he didn't screw up preventing that from happening. He just started something else. But then, yeah, all the futures are all just messed up now. Who knows what time they're from and if the threads match up anymore. It's getting to be too much. They need to just take a step back and stop the time stuff. I actually like the idea of... Mama Petrelli's dream coming true. I mean, obviously, you can't have it where the evil guys kill off, like, Peter and Nathan and everybody else. But you could have it where some of these evil guys start killing off some people. 
Well, the thing that, about the vision that she had that kind of bugged me was, who did you see in the vision? Gee, every character we've always seen since season one. Everybody was there. There might have been one or two other, like, quote, new people in the background. Right. But it was the same old people. But it was cool to see Claire's head cut off. Yeah. That was cool. What they've established now that I do like with both Matt's dad and with Claire talking to Peter is that it's like there's two levels of understanding of your powers. Like, Claire can do this, but she doesn't yet know that there's more stuff she can do if Mm -hmm. she just learns to harness it. Parkman's the same way. In fact, I think Siler's the coolest one because he's the only one that actually, as you said, sits down and studies what this power is and what I can do with it, as opposed to everyone else. They just kind of go with it. One cautionary thing, which I hope they don't go overboard with, is in the past they've always done a good job of having characters walk a line. You know if they were doing things for good or for evil based on their motivations at that time. And it was sort of vague. With, you weren't really sure where they stood. This season, it seems like they were going to be blatant about these guys are going to be going against these guys. They're taking sides. And I hope that isn't just too much in that direction because it, I like before the ambiguity of a character. I guess it's a good change because they're having one group against another group. And again, that's very X-Many. How many times did one character start on one evil side and Scarlet Witch then becomes a good person and then Magneto flips back and forth between being evil and leading the new mutants and, you know, that kind of stuff. So one thing I'd like to see as the end game of this series ever plays out, which who knows how long it will be, but however it is, in the end, one thing I'd like to happen is I'd like the horn rim glasses guy to be instrumental or key in having the good guys win. Because I think it'd be really cool if a protagonist that ultimately helps assure victory for the side of good, even though he's done some shady things, would be a human with no powers whatsoever, just his own tenacity, wits, and a really loving devotion for his daughter. That is being his motivation for doing a lot of what he does. I think that'd be a cool way to tie it together. Instead of having Peter, Mr. Uber, who can do everything, every power imaginable, be the guy who... You know, he saved New York with from the bomb, but it'd be cool if, like, just a regular human... He didn't save New York from the dawn. He was the bomb. Well, yeah. <laughs> Nathan saved New York. Granted, he had a superpower, but right. he wants to join up. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, just in general then, are you more enthused about the season, less enthused? Let's face it, last season sucked, so it only can go up. I think it did. You know, after two episodes, it's too hard to say if it's going to match season one. Obviously, we've mentioned some issues we have, but I'm not totally disappointed by it. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm still bought in, as we've said before, kind of comparing it to Lost. This is season three where I gave up on Lost after like six episodes of what the... (laughs) I could see heroes still going down that path with just purely the idea of the writers have an idea of characters that they think are popular and should be focused on, but if it's the wrong characters, you know, you're going to lose people. They've got to start answering questions as quickly as they raise them. Okay, let's move on to another sci-fi show. Season 2 began of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. What did you think of this series so far? I've seen two, actually two and a half. Uh, What do you think so far? When it comes to the Terminator, I'm very big on the scare factor. If a Terminator is chasing you, you should kind of be a little frightened by it. And it just doesn't seem that way. You know, it just seems like they're really... I don't know. It seems like the Terminator is doing a lot of thinking and plotting rather than just mayhem and destruction. Yeah. Like the most recent one where the guy is setting the trap of the guy's wife and he's like doing all this stuff. It's like, not to give anything away, but it's very calculating and lots of 
things have to happen for the plan to work. And usually Terminator is sort of just like, uh, I'm going to barge in here with my gun right. or whatever, and I'm going to shoot and kill people. It's I'll be back with the car through the right. window. Yeah. Arnold didn't come up with a whole bunch of ideas about how to get into the police station other than doing just that. I get he's going through like this teenage angst thing right now, but I miss, and I, I say this about like almost all the Terminator stuff, I miss the scare factor. Like Terminator 1... It was just freaking scary. It really was. I mean, you were you were scared of a robot coming after you. I mean, that's frightening stuff. And then the next two weren't, weren't quite as scary. I have to say that after the first episode of the season, I felt they jumped the shark. Mainly just because the introduction of the Liquid Terminator was just like... Oh, that was my biggest crime. I didn't... I feel like they didn't even have a one full season. They, they had an abbreviated season because of the writer's strike. They only had... What, nine or nine. ten episodes? They didn't really have a full season. And so here they are in season two, which really, again, season two with an asterisk because they barely had a season one. And they're already pulling out the Liquid Terminator. To me, that was just like a kitchen sink thing out of desperation. They're like, all right, let's just throw this in here now. That's something you... A urinal? If you throw it in there at all, it should be way, way down the line. Does and, she need to be a urinal? Um, really? No, that was just for them to do some effect. That was gross. To me, they... They could have done a lot more with the basic premise of these regular steel Terminators coming back through time and having plenty of suspense and drama about that instead of having this uber Terminator. But doesn't it, this happens after Terminator 2, right? Yes. So they already know about the liquid Terminators. Right. I guess I'm kind of surprised that they themselves, like John Connor and his mother, aren't asking questions about how come we haven't seen one yet. This is where I have to explain my bias against Terminator 2. I mean, Terminator 2, I went to see it on opening day when it first came out. Really psyched to no. see it. I did. <laughs> I know you're shocked. <laughs> so I went to see this movie. Afterwards, I was really disappointed. One of the reasons was the whole Arnold being the caring Terminator. I didn't buy that at all. The line when he goes, I understand now why you cry. Oh, I hate there, that line. There was a guy, a couple rows up, who was going really sarcastically, oh, boo-hoo. And I was like, yes, thank you. Someone else gets it. The other thing was... I just felt like the setup from the first movie was abandoned and like they just switched technologies midstream. The Terminators in the first movie were this steel chassis of pistons and servos and this just this type of machinery. And they just change it up to this amorphous blob that really just seemed like to me an effect that they wanted to show off and use in a movie. And I guess the one thing that you could say is, well, it was a really incredible technology that they only could make one of. And so they sent it back in time. That's why they only did one. We, that's how come we never heard from them again. But then here it is. It pops up. So I guess it wasn't that unique. A smart Skynet would have actually sent the liquid one back to go after Sarah Connor again. Yeah. Wait. Well, the way they're making it sound is that because the Terminator came back in the first movie, they ended up finding the robot. So from that robot, they were able to reverse engineer it and learn about the technology, which when the future comes about, means that the technology has really advanced. So when he comes back, it's because of the fact that they had found the first Terminator. Right. It's all the Terminator's fault as to why right. the if, technology is advancing so fast. Well, if the Terminator hadn't ever come back, it wouldn't have been created, and John Connor never would have been born. But eventually... So it's a whole... Yeah, it, it all falls in on ah! itself. That's why I, I really like the first one, because there was that kind of weird loop of events that, yeah... In order for Connor to be born, 
Reese has to come back and have this whole little adventure that spans like two days. But yeah, so one begets the other and it goes on from there. But yeah, like no. Jason and I were talking about, you know, why didn't they send back the Terminators? Why did they have to send it back to like 1980, whatever, or 1990, whatever, if they really wanted to get the job done? Look up any kind of records about genealogy and find out where Sarah Connor's parents. Maybe they can't go that far they didn't, back. Okay, they can just hopscotch a little. Oh, it's the place. limited time. Yes, yeah. They could have gone back earlier in time. They could have done something where they, you know, you go to a time when you don't have a lot of opposition. Like the best they have is some old Remington rifle that can get you, and they don't have like a semi truck that can run you down and. But, but that yeah, that, then you have no movie, so right. we'll just let them. This pass. is actually good, again a good discussion for a non-show kind of thing. But just going back to the show, I'm still in. I'm only two episodes in. I'm still in. Shirley Manson can do no wrong if you're from my generation who grew up watching garbage videos. Mm. She's aged well. But if the Liquid Terminators are the best technology and they're smart and they can think and run a company like she can, why can't she take a two-week vacation and just go off John John herself? Yeah, I don't get that her whole running a company. And I, and I definitely don't get the part where she's like, she calls them all into the meeting and says, I'm taking people off of your t- to do this new team. You're running a fucking company designed to ensure the end of the world. Why do you care if they don't run a profit this year? Just hire new people. Yeah, I don't get that. That just didn't make sense. There's a lot of that that I don't get. I mean, maybe they'll explain why she is off looking out of her skyscraper window and spouting philosophical ideas about people and what they do and how they think. And it's obviously just far beyond a regular AI from a I just think they're I think they're going too far in the show, like too far off the storyline, because so far none of this is leading me into Terminator 3. No, they've completely altered the Terminator 3. Because by jumping John Connor ahead, yeah, there's no way that he can't. I don't he can't be the same age now that he was in Terminator Three. He's a younger version, much like Heroes. They've created a, a parallel timeline now. Though I did like that they did have Cameron become an evil Terminator. Yeah, although that I mean, was way too short. Oh, it was too short. I mean, like they should have stretched that out for three or four episodes. Yeah. Why not or make that an arc? Yeah, or, that, yeah, yeah. I mean that that could, that, that could you know. Messing with Cameron, you know, having Cameron be the hunt, having basically two hunters. Yeah. Now, granted, you can go back to it, you know, because like every time she gets jostled now, they're kind of like. Yeah. Well, then they had the guy who replaced the nuclear power plant. I didn't guy. get that at I all. I didn't get that either. I thought he was the liquid terminator because how quickly. He should have been. Well, that's what they should have done. How quickly did they have to make him. Yeah, to look, look like that. And they had to go through the whole rigmarole of having a plastic surgeon do the whole reconstruction. And it's like, they well, have to do that every time? No. Again, basically, so that, it's what you're talking about. Obviously, the future Skynet has records of all these people somewhere. So they can just build Terminators to spec, so to say. Okay, well, why aren't they building Terminators? If you're going to send Terminators back in time, don't send random Terminators. You build one to spec to be like, okay, we know that John Connor's history says he was in this high school for this six-month period. So we'll build a Terminator to look like that shop teacher and send him back. And one thing about this show, just to bring it back to Battlestar, one thing about the Terminators and talking about the skin jobs on Battlestar, way back I had this idea that someday we should meet the original templates that they used to make six or to make... The Sharon models or whatever, as if there was really a human that once was that person. They took their DNA or they cloned them. I mean, frozen human. what if, you know, at some point they run into the Summer Glau, the human that the machine one day said, okay, we're going to make, maybe they don't totally clone her or use her DNA, but we'll make them look like her. Because, you know, these they have to come from somewhere. 
That's an interesting. Uh, it could be an interesting. See, first. but with the Terminators, but- I don't think there is a human. Version. See, I don't think there would have to be because if it's a machine that has had access to every file yeah. ever made, they could pick out a random person. They could pick out a composite. Mm-hmm. And the, we know the machine that, wouldn't be dumb enough to pick out something. That, and we know just, how the Terminators yeah. started. I mean, we've seen the evolution of the Terminators. We already know all that stuff. So it's not like with the Cylons where we don't know how they started. Again, Skynet is apparently the smartest AI ever, but still lacks the common has the common sense of you know, yeah, something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still in it because I just love Terminator. And the more the Terminators fail, the less invincible they become. Yeah, there's too many of them, and they fail too much. Right, and they're they're stormtroopers. Yes. The one thing I like the most about this show is Brian Austin Green. He he's, is the best. You're yeah, right, my I, man. He, he's going along that. Zach, he's like the Mark Paul Gossler, Rick Schroeder thing. He was a child actor, more or less, who actually has shown that he can act. Yeah. I think he is the best part of the show. Yeah, he is. I think Summer does a good job, too, but I don't know what they're giving her, Her really. job's not to emote, though. Yeah, I mean, she... I mean, I could play a Terminator because I'm not an actor. Mm. Go up on screen and go, well, <laughs> and do nothing. I'm your man. Yeah. I guess another thing that kind of bothers me about the show is it's sort of becoming... It's like they have the job of the week where they have to like infiltrate a nuclear station and they yeah. get in and they get it and suddenly they have the stuff to get in and to do with that week and another week she goes and she's pretends to be a lawyer and you know what it reminds me of like the a team where they had like these special roles <laughs> they had to play and they would go in and they just have all the stuff they needed to do it and they dress up or they would perform as whatever profession that they needed to infiltrate as and it was just like I don't know. It just seems well, hokey. At, at some point, I was getting ready to say, if I'm the U.S. government, I'm getting kind of pissed that they're breaking into these, all these facilities like so easily. But I did like the little explanation of them where they had Cameron like scan the badge, and then she's drawing the barcode. That was cool. Yeah, that was that, cool. I like that. And that's like, okay, that was a cool little drop-in scene idea that somebody had that said, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, kudos for that, because that's the kind of stuff that we talk about all the time, these little things that they take 10 seconds to show, but it really explains a lot. Right. You don't have to spend like a two-minute thing where it's like, well, this is what Cameron did. It's like, bang, bang. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, we're going on pretty long. I don't think we have time to talk about anything else. Nothing. Well, no in-depth, but seriously. I hate the fact that it goes on as the same time as Terminator, but if you like sci-fi and you're not watching The Big Bang Theory, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah. You're killing me. It's such a good show. It's got so much nerd science humor. I laugh at so many things that, unfortunately, my wife can't laugh. I mean, my wife watches it, but we laugh at different things because you can get the comedy on so many different levels. Mm. Okay, so that will conclude this episode of the Galactica Quorum. Our website is galacticacorum.com. Our email, gquorum at gmail.com. And our voicemail, 206-350-6756. The jump clock is running. We'll see you next time. Bye. Dude, mood lighting.
<laughs> I'm loving it. Ooh. <laughs> See, yeah, but it's not sexy when you do it actually with your shoes. No, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. It's more of a joke then. Now, if you're doing it with shoes but no pants, then you're borderline. <laughs> then you're just weird. <laughs> right, well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're talking about our audience at that point. <laughs> that's right. Galactic Forum, the only podcast with pants. 